0: Two or three would be gathered that you would be there and so lord we're taking you at your word and gathering together that you would come down and speak to us father we can't nowhere that we could go father truly we can't go without you nothing that we could do would be of any worth without you father and so lord we're asking that you would come down and make this gathering mean something that would be worth the effort to to be here for without you it's it would be meaningless and worth nothing Father, we open our hearts to you and we want to make an environment that would be welcome to you and open our hearts and open up our minds that it would be good ground for the word to come down and, and fall like, like seed upon our hearts, Father. We ask these things in your precious name. Um sing um Love Lifted Me.
1: devotions i've been reading lately and things without a revelation you don't know what's going on you don't know that the world is coming to an end and that pretty soon the bride's going to be leaving the scene and then chaos the holy spirit lifts when he that letteth will let i want to be let out when he goes if you have a request upon your heart make it known up at the hand there was a uh, A man that had double heart, double lung replacement about uh, in January, and I did a job from about a week and a half ago, then they thought he had double pneumonia, so the next time I went there, he wasn't there. He was in the hospital, and they turned out that his body was rejecting the lungs, so then they had to basically take all of his blood out, clean it, put it all back in. Two days ago was the fifth they're supposed to do it five days, five times. And he's feeling great. You know, I just, uh, I don't know if he's home yet, but he couldn't breathe. And so they thought, that's well, why they thought it was pneumonia. So I just want to thank the Lord. I've been praying for him, and she's, um, she's a little scared. You know, it's her husband. She's probably 75 years old, so I want to remember. Her name is Sarah Kern. His name is Paul Kern. Now let's pray. Father, I love you, Lord. Lord, I don't know where this man stands with you, but I know, Father, that you are a healer. And Father, we just pray for Paul Kern, his double lungs. I pray that you would just make it all well, Father. I pray that you would comfort his wife, Sarah. And Lord, as we gather together, you saw the hands that were raised. And Father, we don't just raise them ignorantly or just without a hope or faith behind it because you know the very thoughts and intents of our hearts, Father. And I pray that you would touch each and every request, Lord. Remember our loved ones, our children, fathers and mothers, whoever they are, Lord, draw them closer to you. As we collect the tithes and offerings, Father, I pray that you bless the cheerful giver. Lord, the ministering of the word this evening in the greatest form of worship, I pray that you magnify that gift, open our hearts to receive what you have so that we can walk out of here strengthened, nourished better than when we came in. I pray that you bless the tithes and offerings, Father, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
2: There's peace that outlasts darkness Hope that's in the blood There's future grace it's mine today That Jesus Christ has won So I can face tomorrow Or tomorrow's age Your hands and all just like you always have. I'm fighting a battle. i know you're not you are my hope and stay and when the sea is raging your spirit is my help i'll fix my eyes on jesus christ i'll say that it is well oh i know that you've done Savior.
0: My sister sang it once before and I was gonna get her to do it and then she had the audacity to not feel well tonight. So now I have to sing it. So it's I'm gonna sing I'll sing it like a special and if y'all know the words and wanna sing along, feel free. But uh <clears throat> ran through it like once in the back, so we'll see how it goes. <clears throat> there was no
3: crap silver or of gold. There was no diadem for him to hold, but blood adorned
0: To sing. I was listening to a tape this today or recently, anyways. Her um, brother Branham came out and they were singing "Only Believe" and and I'm sure we've all heard him say this before, where he said, "You know, it's the angels' favorite song." And Amen. you know, it, it stuck with me. And I know it kind of turns into a cliche sometimes, but I really want to sing that song and invite the minister out because it means so much to me. Um, I got saved that song and it means a lot to me. Yeah. So I want to sing this. As we all stand and invite the minister, and you just, whatever you have need of, friends, I don't know, and I'm sure the minister doesn't know, but the, but the Lord knows, and that's what we come here for. So you, you raise your hand and you sing this song, and whatever you have need of, whatever you're struggling with, you pray in your heart, and you sing this like a prayer, and I know the Lord will meet you tonight. ...only...
4: It's wonderful to tell him that, Lord, I believe you're here, amen, and I receive what you have for me. God bless you. If you have your Bible, we'll turn to the book of Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5. Just read a few verses out of there. I'm going to minister to you tonight on the genuine atonement. We preached last Wednesday on a true atonement, and I'm going to um, minister tonight on the genuine atonement, the genuine atonement. Praise the Lord. God bless you, Brother Isaiah. Amen. Good to have you here with us. Amen. In the house of the Lord. Did you come with a need this evening? Be honest enough to say that, Lord, I came with a need inside my heart. Amen. And I'm just expecting to receive from you. Amen. I believe the Lord is just here. Amen. And he's here to meet our needs. Amen. I'm glad for that. You know, he's here to meet the needs that we don't even know that we have. Because when the word comes, it answers the questions that you didn't even know you had. It addresses the problems that you weren't even aware of. Because the Bible says the word is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. So when the word goes forth, it discerns your heart. Just like in a prayer line, that person who'd come up before Brother Branham, they didn't know what disease they had. But through that gift, he would identify something they didn't know. Now, the word is the same way. How many could just say here tonight, Lord, discern my heart. And if I hear something tonight, maybe I wasn't even aware that I needed, let me, uh, let me be a good uh, uh, believer and say, I accept it, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's just look at this here in Galatians chapter 5, and let's just begin reading here at verse 13. Actually, let's, let's just begin at verse 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say then: Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now it's important to understand, as Brother Branham taught us, Paul is speaking to not unconverted people, but this is this is Christians, this is believers. And he's saying, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So you mean that after I'm born again, I still can walk and fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Right? Now let's look at what he talks about and what he calls the lust of the flesh. Let's look at it just a little bit further in verse 17. "For For the flesh lusteth. Against the spirit and the spirit. Now, here's where you have Romans seven again, that when Paul says, I have two people inside of me, that which wants to do good. And then that which that the flesh that I have wars against that spirit man. And so this is the same thing Paul is saying here for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would. Verse 18. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. Oh, we thought we got away when we read verse 19 and thought, okay, I'm not guilty, not me. Let's keep reading. Can we go a little further? Idolatry. Witchcraft, remember these are the works of the, this is what he calls the works of the flesh. He says idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. He parks hatred right in with wrath, sedition, and witchcraft. Envyings, murders, you can murder a man, Brother Branham said what? More than just murdering him with a knife, you speak against his character. Amen. Now that's not, a, that's not just a meme, that's not just a, oh that oh, was poetic, that's real. You can murder a man more than one way, speak against his character. That's not just good advice, well you better not talk about somebody, you, you talk about his character, Brother Branham says you assassinate, assassinate that man, God help us. Murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, they that inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, so we had the works of the flesh. Now let's read the, the fruits of the Spirit. is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, Goodness, goodness, goodness. Just being good. Listen, this is a fruit of the Spirit. Faith, meekness, temperance. That means self-control. Against such there is no law, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also how many can raise a hand and say, help me, Lord, to walk in the Spirit? Lord Jesus, we just bow our heads before you. So mindful, Lord God, of how real your word is, Lord, to us. To each and every single person, Lord, that's here tonight, I just, I just ask God as I stand with them, may we just remove ourselves, Lord, from the equation here tonight. Father, let us not become a hindrance. Let us not become, a, a Lord, a father, anything that would prevent your word from going forth. I pray you'd help us to move all out of the way, Lord, both hearer and speaker tonight. May the Holy Spirit come now, Lord, and take control of my vessel. Lord, I pray that you'd help me, God, to communicate the burden that you've placed upon my heart in a way that would be effective, Lord, to your children. We ask it now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. And I have some slides, some quotes there, brother, if you'd go ahead and put that up. I'm going to just read some quotes here, and I, I just want to pick up sort of from where we were, where we left off uh, last Wednesday, and I trust that that was a blessing to you and that the Lord uh, can just continue to speak that uh, here tonight. And I'm going to minister to you on the genuine atonement. I want to show you from where I got this title. And if you weren't aware, if you didn't catch it from the last time, it's from the message, The Feast of Trumpets. And Brother Barnum says here, and we took time to show uh, this, and I, I won't. I'll just cover some of this just here briefly, as it's relevant to my thought. But in Revelations 11, their ministry will be the ministry of Moses and Elijah, calling to Israel out of the Jewish traditions, just as the seventh angel's message called the bride out of the Pentecostal traditions. Now we showed you last Wednesday how that Brother Branham teaches this in the Feast of the Trumpet. And you could also pick this up in the sixth seal. And Brother Branham really, after the sixth seal, really lays this in here real strong because at the time he preaches the sixth trumpet, he doesn't have, sixth seal, I'm sorry, he doesn't have the revelation of the trumpets yet. And and even the the night before he ministers the feast of the trumpets, he still doesn't have the revelation. And he's in his room and, and he comes to his wife and says, honey, I would have got made a terrible mistake. I was going to preach this and I had it wrong. And so the Lord, the Lord reveals something to him, just like he did in the seals, when before each seal, Brother Barnum at the end of a seal would say, now I don't have a clue what the third seal is, but the same way that the angel of the Lord came in the room this afternoon and gave me the revelation of the second seal, he'll come and give me the revelation of the third seal. Friends, I, I believe that the Lord did that in that way to show you that this wasn't the mind of a man, it was the, it was the thoughts and the mind of Christ. And so, so Brother Barnum begins to show this here that how under that sixth seal, how the it, the, the and then in the, when he comes to the feast of the trumpets, Brother Barnum begins to show us how that just as the seals were to the Gentiles, the trumpets would be to the Jews. You remember that from last Wednesday, and how Brother Barnum showed that all of those trumpets sounded under the tribulation seal. How that it was a a the sixth seal was the tribulation seal. I wanna take just a moment just to slow down because we went through some of that quickly and I, and I just don't want it to get lost uh, and I also don't wanna get bogged down in teaching as we've got a lot and I don't want to um, uh, uh, set a personal record tonight with a Wednesday night service um, as I did last Wednesday. I wanna beat my record from last Wednesday. If you pull on the word, you'll help me get to the finish line a lot quicker. And so, uh, but, so notice this here, but the prophet of God shows how that... And he and he answers this out of Revelations uh, chapter nine. You don't have to turn, but I'm just going to quote it here because the prophet typed this sixth seal with these uh, with the tribulation seal and how that these four angels were holding back. Uh, let's just read it here in, in chapter nine. And if you can uh, turn there quickly, you can read it with me. If not, just listen. And the the Bible says in Revelations 9:13, and the four angels were loosed which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. Uh, And the number of the army of the horsemen were two hundred thousand thousand. And I heard the number of them, and thus I saw the horses in the vision, and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire. And he goes all the way through this, for the power that, for their power is in their mouth and in their tails. And he goes to the very end, neither they repented, neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, uh, nor of their thefts. And so, The prophet takes time to show how that anytime you're looking at the seals, and this will just be helpful to you as it was to me in understanding how a prophet could say that all of the trumpets sounded under the sixth seal. and But yet we know that the tribulation period is the sixth seal. This is easy, not complicated. And so we know that that tribulation seal would have a physical happening chronologically in time, that hasn't happened yet, thank God. But yet we know that the prophet said that there was also a spiritual happening, something that happened spiritually. When the seal broke, there was a spiritual something that took place. And he would go further and say that those thousand, uh, thousand times thousands, uh, 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 two hundred let me read it. 200,000 horses that were held in Revelations 9 at the river Euphrates, the prophet of God said, were released spiritually, politically, and religiously. This is simple. I'm not getting deep and complicated here. It's real, 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 real simple here, just to, but it's important to understand because then when that breaks forth, you'll get the revelation. It'll make everything make sense to you to understand that the seventh seal being the coming of the Lord is an actual event that hasn't, hasn't, the, the, the physical part of that seventh seal of the physical coming of the Lord Jesus has not yet taken place. But yet we know that there's a spiritual application to that, a revelation uh, to that mystery that was been, that's been given to God's elected to show us that just as there was a spiritual uh, a spirit that was released under the sick seal. That's why Brother Branham would say that that spirit that was released at the, on these uh, chargers at the river Euphrates, he said that spirit went into the atmosphere and it came upon men like Stalin and Hitler and Mussolini. And that was a six seal pre tribulation spirit of persecution. If you want to know what the tribulation coming in the six seal, just look at what happened when the spiritual breaking forth came, came, came forth. It was a persecution naturally against the Jews to put them back in their homeland, right? And so so Brother Branham says that there these were angelic. This was something that happened. These were angels. So there's there's something that takes place under the breaking of the of those seals that released an angelic ministry. Yeah. Amen. Right. Amen. Now remember a demon is an angel. Right, right. An angel. It's just a fallen angel. And so everything that would happen under that angelic release that came into the atmosphere, whether it was a, de- a demon spirit under a fallen angel or an angel that would be released uh, into the atmosphere that was a good angel. And Brother Branham would go even further and say, you've got an angel. When you're born and you breathe your first breath, there's an angel given to your life that guards you, that protects you, that leads you to an altar and encourages you. And, 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 and listen, friends, I'm just preaching to what Brother Branham ta- taught us. And so we know that though, as we taught last, last Wednesday, that those spirits that would come into the, under that sixth seal would be released into the atmosphere. That is why the world is falling apart. That's why we can't be like a boy whistling through a graveyard and just think that time will just continue to go on and on and on, friends. Listen, some of these things you're reading about in the news every single day, I truly believe that it's just the fulfillment of prophecy and the fire's about to fall. It It ought to do something to us as children of God. It ought not just to desensitize us, but when we hear about things happening in Israel, it ought to wake us up. And, and let us realize that Israel is God's timepiece. That what's happening over there in Israel, God's 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 watch. You want to know where you God's at in time. Brother Branham said, watch Israel. Look at what's taking place, and look at what is taking place. The world has gone completely insane, and they don't realize they're under an anointing. Oh, yeah. Amen. And Brother Branham says that what happens, we all know this. You could we could sum all summarize uh, all of this, and, and and in a summary, you'd miss a lot of the details. But in a summary, we, we we in a summary, we know that just as two prophets are to appear in Revelations 11 to Mo- uh, Moses and Elijah, as brother Brandon just now we just now read it here, you say, what's happening next uh, in prophecy well, under a prophet to the Jews? What's happening next is God's going to send them the uh, the the prophets of Moses and Elijah. To turn their hearts back to the faith of the fathers, right? To the faith of the children. This is the fulfillment of Malachi chapter 4. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Now, only one part of that, one part of that is to you, and one part of that's to the Jews. Yes. And the same that why do you think Brother Branham had a ministry that was like it unto Moses, but he also had a ministry like it under Elijah? because it would be a prophetic ministry of moa i hope you catch it tonight friends the same message that you've received that turn your hearts back is the same message that the jew will hear and it will turn their heart back to a genuine atonement and the prophet said, just as Moses and Elijah will turn the hearts of those Jews away from traditions and dead sacrifice to the genuine atonement, then what ought the seventh angel's message do to the Gentile church? It ought to turn our hearts back to a genuine atonement. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And further than that, he opened his Bible, and the, 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 but it wasn't just Moses and Elijah. Don't let me stop there. It was also the Joshua Commission. As I was with Moses, so shall I be unto you. So shall I be uh, to you. This was the ministry. I hope that that's understandable. This was the ministry that we've received. Listen, now listen with that in mind. Now you'll understand where he's at in Revelations 11 when he's quoting the Feast of the Trumpets. And Revelations 11, call their ministry will be the ministry of Moses and Elijah calling to Israel out of the, remember what he does to the Jews? He first does to the Gentiles. So he says, he says, out of the Jewish traditions, just as the seventh angel's message called the bride out of the Pentecostal tradition. Amen. Remember, Moses and Elijah is to call Israel out of the old atonement. Now type this here, if you're spiritual at all, if you study the message at all, you'll, your, your, your types will start going off like crazy. Because Brother Branham is going to type how he called them out of an old atonement or an old system. Just the same exact way he calls the bride out of Pentecostal systems or old atonement. Right? He says, out of the old atonement of the lamb and sheep and blood and goats and sacrifice to the real living sacrifice to the word. I love this. (laughs) And the seventh angel's message under the same trumpet, same everything, the same seal, is to what? Call the people. How many of the people? The bride, out of the Pentecostal and world tradition, to the genuine atonement, the word. Christ, listen, let's go further, impersonated in his word here, made flesh among us. So what was that son of man ministry to do? To bring the bride out of the old atonement into the genuine atonement, Christ impersonated in his word here. (laughs) Now, what does Brother Branham say? Our our pastor just read it, I think Sunday, when he quoted out of the trial. And Brother Branham says, I challenge you To see the Son of Man, the Word made flesh, revealed in the prophet's body? That's not what he said. In the bride's body. You see, many people can see the Son of Man ministry in a prophet. Some people can't. Some people can go as far as to see what that sign of the Son of Man was when he was impersonated in the ministry of God's prophet. But can you go a little bit further and realize that that same impersonation of the ministry of Christ in a prophet would have to be Revelations 10, 7, and 8. Thou must prophesy again. So the word has to be impersonated in the bride. And you've got to be a willing vessel to say, Lord, can I have enough faith to believe in the Son of God? Can I have enough faith to believe that the Son of God was the Word made flesh? He was deity in a human body. Can we have faith to believe that? Can we have faith to believe that in our generation we had a prophet of God stand behind a pulpit showing the sign of the Son of Man? fulfilling, fulfilling Luke 17? Can we go that far? Now, can we go a little bit further and realize that the same sign of the Word made flesh wasn't going to stop at Jesus? It wasn't going to stop at Paul? It wasn't going to stop at Brother Branham? It would move all the way down into maturity of all of the seed of God to where Christ is impersonated His nature, His life, His love, His acts. Would be identified in the bride of jesus christ those in the bride will do the very works jesus did that's a direct quote from brother Branham. now do you believe that those in the bride will do the very works that jesus did they would have his life now let me get to my thought here to a genuine atonement they would turn them notice to the genuine atonement. Christ impersonated in his word, made flesh among us. Science has proved it. That's why in the trial message, you go a little bit further and Brother Branham says not a nail-scarred Jesus. We don't look for a nail-scarred Jesus. That's the old atonement. Now don't let that choke you. That's not to say that that there wasn't a nail-scarred Jesus. That's not to say that Calvary is, is null and void and done away with. No, friends. But Calvary was facilitating the spirit that would come back on the church at the day of Pentecost. Amen. Amen. but Brother Madam says not it we don't as the bride we don't look for a nail scarred hands or a crown of thorns Amen. we look for the word made flesh Amen. 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 they miss it. They miss it. The world misses it. Listen, that's only to a select group of people and you can't convince someone of it because you couldn't be convinced of that. You see, God, God was going to give his church, the God's going to give his, the bride a weapon and it wasn't going to be intellect. Amen. Amen. And it wasn't going to be some speaking in tongues emotion. That's wonderful. But what, it wasn't going to be intellect and it wasn't going to be a gift of the Spirit. It was going to be a power of revelation that the gates of hell can't prevail against it. You see, the gates of hell can prevail against the gift of the spirit. It can prevail against a human intellect. But when revelation drops in your heart, it's an anchor that even when you can't explain it or you don't understand it yourself, you still believe it. And you still accept it because that's the power of revelation that only God's family has. And you notice he says this here. Uh, He says here, let me follow it here on mine also. And he says, to the genuine atonement, uh, the genuine atonement, there's my sermon title, Christ impersonated in his word here, made flesh among us. Science has proved it by pictures. And so we know that I'm just going to take just a moment here. I'm already almost out of time. My goodness gracious. Thank you. I will. Notice so so even even this brother Brandon begins to tell us that the mysteries that were the the, the Revelations ten seven when the seventh angel begins to sound then all the mysteries of God would be finished. Now the prophet uh, is this the time he begins to tell he even quotes from the Sco- Schofield Bible and he says now notice what are these mysteries that are to be given back to the church? What are some of these mysteries? And Brother Brandon begins to quote right from his notes. He said you want to read it right out of your Schofield Bible? And he begins to quote the mysteries that Sco- Schofield is, is, is saying. Brother Brandon begins to read them all. The mystery of the atonement. The mystery of the of, of, of baptism. The, the the mystery of the church, the mystery of the... And then, Brother Brandon inserts after all of those, and he says, and may I say this, the mystery of the serpent seed, the mystery of true water baptism in Jesus' name, the mystery of the nature of godliness, that God is not three, uh, he's not one like your finger's one, but, but he's the same God in three offices, three manifestations, right? And Brother Brandon begins to say he had the mystery of iniquity, and so we know that the world is living under this even the apostle paul uh, begins to, to 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 tell us this and he begins to prophesy that in the last days there would be a great falling away a great falling away we know this in our bible he warns us that that the spirit of antichrist would come in and take over men's hearts is this good is this this is real basic here and so we notice that 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 Uh, that this is right in your Bible. It talks about the man of sin. It talks about the son of perdition. And so, you know, people have, have, have so, just as we read out of the trumpets, people can so literalize things and put it off somewhere down the road and they miss the spiritual application that's happening right now just like to believe that the that the sixth seal is just the tribulation period after the bride is gone is to miss the revelation that at the breaking of that seal there was a spirit that came in and entered into the earth. Amen. And so so um let me just stop here for a minute in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 8 we'll come back to that. The Bible says that the man of sin. Let's just look at it. Second, Second Thessalonians chapter two. You can follow me if you want quickly, brother Josh. If you're fast um, on the draw, there you can follow me. If not, don't, 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 uh, don't even worry about it. I'll just go through these some just quickly. And so the Bible says that there's a man of sin. How many believe that? And so we could look at that f- literally, and we could say there's the man of sin. The, 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 uh, the son of perdition, and those are, you say, is that gonna be a real person? It, it, let's not look at just the literal uh, fact of that, but let's look at the spiritual application of that. We do know there will be, literally be a real person, right? The false prophet, right? And so we know that in the tribulation, after the church is gone, there will be a real man of sin, there will be the antichrist. How many believe that Christ is real? How many believe that there's an actual Jesus Christ, the the person, the perfect lamb, the spotless, sinless sacrifice, my savior, is a real living person. He's not a figment of your imagination. He's not just a feeling that you feel in the air, but there's a real Jesus, right? Uh, who, Who sits on the throne as a perfect sacrifice, interceding for your sins on behalf of your sins. But just as I believe that there's a real physical Jesus, I also believe that there's a spirit of Christ that lives in my heart, that lives in your heart, that I can feel, that I can sense. I, I preach, the, we, we, we believe that we, we can feel the spirit of Christ. How many here believes we can have the spirit of Christ? And so if we believe there's a physical Christ, but yet there's the spirit of Jesus that lives in us, then there must also of necessity be a real antichrist and a spirit of antichrist that can indwell people's hearts. Is that simple enough? And so just as the spirit of Christ enters the true church, the spirit of antichrist enters the false church. In fact, that's why Brother Branham said that the false church always persecuted the true church, right? Amen. And so the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 8, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So there is an antichrist Amen. and there's also a spirit yes. of antichrist Amen. who exists now. Hello? I'm just going to say it again. There's a real Savior who lives in glory right now, exists. He's a living person. He's real, just as real. And even though he's God uh, and we're here on earth, his spirit dwells within us. And because you are sons, we know Galatians 4, 6. Because you are sons, so he has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, whereby you cry, Abba, Father so I'm just taking just a moment here to show you very clearly that if you believe that, then you ought not to stumble on the fact of the same way that a real spirit of Christ could dwell inside people and could anoint people. Then so the spirit of the Antichrist can also anoint men's hearts. And so we, we, we see that clearly. And the Bible says that there's a spirit of Christ at work in the body of christ yeah, amen. do you believe that amen. the spirit of christ is at work in the world so also we must also believe that the spirit of antichrist yeah, is at work in the world yeah, right. amen. and what is the spirit of christ doing it is preparing our hearts to receive the person of christ I said, what is the Spirit of Christ at work doing? He's molding your character. He's molding your nature. He's convicting you of sin. That's why you can't get away with it. That's why you can't get away from it. Listen, you would have walked away from this thing a long time ago, but there's the Spirit of Christ that won't let you get away with it. He won't let you get away from it. Oh, I'm so glad that there's an an advocate. I have an intercessor with the Father who fights for me, who prays for me. Hallelujah. And so what is the Spirit of Christ now doing in God's, in His body? He's preparing His family to receive Him. And if you can't receive His Word now, you can't receive Him then. I said, those that can't receive his word now can't receive him. Oh, I would have. If I was in the days of Jesus, I would have stood up for him. I I, I would have stood against those Roman soldiers. I would have stood against Judas. I I would have been one of those. Listen, Brother Branham says, hold on a minute. You want to know what you would have done then? What are you doing right now with the word for your day? What is the word for our day? The message of the hour. I'll just make it plain. If you can't receive the message of your hour, you can't receive Christ because Christ is his word. You know what that ought to do? That ought to make you so happy that you can say, I'm so glad I can accept the message of the hour. Because I can accept the message, that means I can accept Christ. And so if you can accept the men, if you can accept Christ here now you want to accept him then so if there's a spirit of Christ at work then we must also say that there's a spirit of the antichrist at work If there's a spirit of Christ possessing his family then what do you think's possessing the antichrist family now, those Antichrist family, we know who they are, Brother Matt, but the, the, the family of the Antichrist is those, you know, hard heathens with, you know, hard, you know, heavy metal, death metal. No, then it's voodoo witchcraft and witches and, and all kinds of Wicca and Ouija boards. No, 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 no. No, you see, the, the family of Satan, the family of the Antichrist, is just as religious as Abel was. And just as there's a spirit, just as there's a spirit and ministry and word that goes forth from the true Christ, there's also a ministry that anoints, there's a spirit of Antichrist that anoints a false ministry to deceive people. That's why Brother Branham said they'd go to church thinking they're worshiping God and they're worshiping the devil and they don't know it. So there's a spirit of Antichrist at work And you say, Brother Matt, what is that spirit doing? Just as the spirit of Christ is doing, the Antichrist, through his ministry, through his music, through his anointing, through his word, through social platforms, political platforms, religious platforms, he is preparing the hearts of his people to receive him. That's why you look at the Bible and you go, how in the world, in the tribulation, how are they gonna accept this false prophet? How are they, because their hearts are being prepared to receive him now. I said their hearts, he's preparing their hearts to receive him now. 1 John 4, 3, very familiar scripture. This, 1 John 4, chapter 4, 1 John 4, verse 3 this is that spirit of antichrist now hold on brother matt the antichrist now hold on hold on don't confuse me because the antichrist that's in the tribulation period it is but don't miss what's happening now and every spirit notice that confesses christ has come in the and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come. Amen. And even now, already is in the world. Amen. Right. So there's a coming. There's a happening Coming but then don't miss what's happening right now. Oh, friends, I hope you are I hope you can catch it tonight. There's a coming of the Lord that's gonna take place, but there's a coming of the Lord happening right now. There's a jubilee that's gonna sound one day, but there's a jubilee in my heart that's already sounded. I'm gonna shout there, but I'm gonna shout here. I'm gonna worship there, but I'm gonna worship here. There's something coming physically, but there's something spiritually that takes place first. Hallelujah. You love him? And so, so, let me just say it this way. He says, you have heard about the coming. It's been preached. It's been a taught. You're expecting his arrival. But I want you to wake up to something. That spirit is already at work right now. He's not going to suddenly appear on the scene and burst out of somewhere and then overwhelm everybody. It's not what's going to happen but rather his spirit is mysteriously at work now setting his kingdom up now amen. in the hearts of people that claim to be Christians. Amen. Amen. Now, let me just, I, I'm just right here in the word. I'm not, not, not way off in left field, so you can amen this. This is not off in left field. He's setting up his kingdom now in the hearts of people that will accept him through a dry-eyed confession. Yeah. That's the spirit of Antichrist. Amen. He's setting up his kingdom now in coldness and indifference. He's working in the hearts of people. That's where hatred comes from. That's where wrath comes from. That's where envy comes from. That's where jealousy comes from. That doesn't come from the Holy Spirit. Amen. That comes from an evil spirit. Amen. I ought to get a really loud amen. Amen. And so, so he's, he's, he, he, you say, Brother Matt, where is the spirit of Antichrist at work now? It's at work in coldness. It's at work in compromise. Come on, somebody, help me preach. It's at work when people compromise the word. Yeah. Right. Amen. And when he finally, when the man of sin finally appears and is revealed to the world, he'll be revealed to a world that's already prepared to receive him. This is where you see anti Semitism come from. This is where you see racism come from. This is where you name any spirit you want to name. It came from the pits of hell and it's been exacerbated from the six seal pre turbulation anointing that comes upon the world. That's what you're living in right now, friends. Paul warned of this. He says in 2 Thessalonians 2, 2 7, for the mystery of iniquity, this is 2, Th- 2 Thessalonians 2 7, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work already working only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way now brother Brandon picks this up in daniel 70 weeks and says who is that who is he who now letteth will let prophet of god says that's the holy ghost but where is the holy ghost inside of his family so what do you think's going to happen When God's family, do you realize that the heart of a fervent believer is what's holding back the wrath of God from the earth? Friends, I don't know if we realize how different we are than most people. I don't think we realize sometimes how different we are than most people. How the littlest things in your life that might seem so minuscule to other people yet they're so large to us. And if you ever told someone some of the things that you grieve over, now I'm not talking about major heinous sins, I'm talking about things in your personality, things in your character, the littlest things that some people would look at and go, come on, give me a break, we're all human. Yet God won't let you say that. God won't let you settle and just resign to the fact that you're just gonna have a temper because you're human and that's just part of your fallen nature. Amen. Do you realize how different you are because the Holy Ghost is inside you in fervency? That's, that's not your righteousness, that's the righteousness of God. Whereas the rest of the world, look at those things and think, come on, man, big deal. You're really stressing over a little bit of alcohol, a little social drink on a plane ride home. Come on, little, just a little bit of alcohol. You're going to make a big deal not getting drunk, man. Just having a little. But to you, that would destroy you. Well, that must mean that's. I guess, brother, I guess that means I'm a good person. Oh, no, you missed it. There's only one thing that makes you that way, and it's not. It has anything to do with you. It has to do with the Holy Ghost that's inside of your heart that won't let you get away with it. The Bible says he convicts us of sin. Hello. Amen. Notice what Brother Vandem says here about the church, and he says here in our PowerPoint, if you could just display that again just for a moment. Uh, he says that about about the church. Notice this here. Uh, he says he says in the let me let me go past this the church. This is why is it that so many Christians find it so hard to live the Christian life. Notice what Brother man says here. The church needs a baptism. Amen. The church doesn't need a polishing up, a better scholar in the pulpit, a better dressed man, a better dressed congregation. It needs a new heart. Amen. That's what the church needs. It needs the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hello? Hallelujah. And he says that's what The church needs. It needs a new heart. It needs the Holy Spirit. It needs that great unction to make us shout, that great unction to make us dance and have joy unspeakable. It needs, that's what the church needs now more than ever before. We need to have an emotional frenzy where everybody's jumping and screaming and hollering and shouting. Hey, I'm all for it, sign me up. But I'm going to tell you what Brother Branham says the church needs. Yes. It needs that great unction that changes men and women's lives. Amen. Listen, I'm all for jumping, shouting, dancing, screaming. We ought to have more of it. Amen. But at the end of all of your jumping and dancing and screaming, if your life isn't changed, to back to the genuine atonement. Yes. Amen. Hello? He says it needs that great unction that changes. I love this that changes men and women's lives. How God promised that He would take the old stony heart. Now listen to this: how He would take the old stony heart. Says Ezekiel thirty-six. You know the scripture very well. I'll take out the heart of stone. This was the promise of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Do we realize that this is one of the main themes of what the Holy Ghost was to bring? Was it gonna bring shouting? Sure. Was the Holy Ghost, when it poured out upon all flesh, was they gonna speak in tongues and prophesy? Sure. But don't leave off the main thing. The main thing is that it would change people's Lives, Hallelujah. I will give you a new heart and then he says and I will take, I'll take away the stony heart and I will give you a heart of flesh and then he says and I will give you a new heart and my spirit will I pour into you God promised he'd take the old stony heart so you mean brother Matt that as a believer I don't have to live with my old stony heart no, you don't, brother. Hallelujah. Then when this happens, a change has been made. Hallelujah. Call me crazy, but I cannot get away from this word, change. Amen. I can't get away from it. Last last week, the Lord's just been, my goodness, every time it comes over me, I just, to be honest with you, I, I weep and cry, anguish. You say, Brother Matt, why? What is that? Because I realize how far away, how far I am from the promise. I see my own life and my own heart and my own nature. And I realize that the nature of the token, that the the promise of the token is the life of the lamb comes back on the worshiper. And I just sit there and weep and grieve and say, God, change me, Lord. I need it so bad. It changes men. That's why that quote last Wednesday meant so much to me when Brother Branham says, I don't want that in my life. How God promised when that happens, a change has been made. Let's go a little bit further. And he says, now in preaching these things, even to the Pentecostal people, uh uh-oh, and we have very little to brag about, For in where we have tried to have a Pentecostal free move of God, we have become to a place of a bunch of colonized cults. I wonder if this could be said about message people. And he says, we don't have much to brag about in the Pentecostal group. We have become to a place of a bunch of colonized cults, just a place of confusion and discord. What ought to happen here this afternoon? There should be every Pentecostal church in the city jammed into some big stadium out here somewhere. And if it wasn't for little petty indifferences among, never would have believed it, the ministers. And notice when it gets on the ministers, it gets on the people. It would be that way. Amongst a lot of people, this is not as that was wise that so many Christians find it so hard to live a real Christian life. This is enticing spirits. Amongst a lot of people, we find where emotions and so forth. By the matter, you preaching against emotions. Let me be on the record before I get labeled and canceled. I'm not against emotion. You want your voice to be heard online? Give me a hearty amen. This church is not against emotion. Notice, we're not against emotion. I went too far again. And he says, but amongst a lot of people we find where emotions and so forth, there becomes tattlings and backbitings and all kinds of little character flaws. Little things that God will wink at at the end of it all. He'll wink at it and you'll still go in the rapture anyway. It's amazing how we categorize sin. But to God, it's all either sin. It's either unbelief or belief. All kinds of ungodly things. Listen to this. Brother, that's sulfuric acid in the church. What is? Tattlings and backbitings. I'll say it further. It's sulfuric acid in your family. It's sulfuric acid in our marriage. It's sulfuric acid in our hearts he goes further and says, it's demon power. Yeah. Amen. Spirit of men and women who get among one another and try to push off and say, this is not right. And this is not right. And that's not right. If you chase it down nine times out of 10, it's the very person making the stir that's not right. Amen. God hates discord among brethren. Amen. God hates discord among brethren brethren god you know sort of doesn't like it so much you know he it's less than preferable is that what he said no 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 i'm just reading you right out of the message of the hour that you say you believe god hates discord one of the seven things he hates brother Ben's only quoting the scripture here be reverent be holy love god stand by him and as long as you know your life is given up with the Bible with purity of heart, purity of thought, love toward your brother, Amen. trying your best to upbuild the kingdom of God and doing those things. But you know what the problem is? Sometimes we, just, we excuse our tattlings and backbitings with, well, it's just righteous indignation. Hello, somebody. Can I preach here tonight? Well, I'm just defending the faith. Well, I'm just standing up for Jesus. Well, that's funny. When when Peter thought that way, he took a sword and he cut a man's ear off and Jesus rebuked him and said, put away your sword, Peter. My goodness, it got quiet in here. Love towards your brother, trying your best. How many are trying their best? To build the kingdom of God and doing those things. Dressing right. Oh my goodness. People can camp in on this one and I'm all for we ought to dress right. But listen, friends, if we don't love right, what good does it do us to dress right? I said, if we don't love right, all oh, y'all ought to say amen. If you don't love right, your dress ain't got a thing. Doesn't mean that to God. You have a skirt down to the floor, dragging the floor, hair dragging the floor. Men, I don't care how holy our lives are. If we don't love our brother, it doesn't do us one bit of good. You can have all talking right, dressing right, living right, talking right, going right places. Then you can have all the emotions you want to have and everybody will believe it. What an amazing title, Where I Think Pentecost Failed. Good sermon, you ought to go listen to it. Oh, and all kinds of things and fussing and drawing barriers and things. Brother Matt, get back to the seals. Get back to those trumpets. Just rapture me into the ethereal. Listen, friends, I'm only pointing you back to the genuine atonement. This is the genuine atonement. You wanna know what the seals were to produce? This. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Notice, and fussing and drawing barriers and things. That's the reason the church is not going on. It's true. If you'd ever break down your walls, let this one be this and that one be that. Whatever you are doesn't matter. But when you can put your hands in your brother's hands and call him your brother. And we're working for one cause. That's the kingdom of God if it ever gets to a place that I couldn't put my arm around any brother that's working for the kingdom of God and recognize him as my brother, I feel I'm backslid. Amen, Amen, brother Luther. I'm glad you agree. Come on, friends, I know this is heavy, but it's, oh, you, ought to be, you, ought, you ought to just reach out and grab that and say, God, if I ever get to the place to where I can't put my arm around any brother that's working for the kingdom of God and calling my brother, then I ought to feel that I'm backslid. Amen. I'd be scared to stand on the platform and face evil spirits to know that I had envy in my heart against any brother. Amen. No matter who he is, that's trying to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ or live a Christian life. Amen. Remember the title, Where I Think Pentecost Failed. Right. Christians, now this is, what, this is what, here, I'm just going to read these and, and then we're done with these quotes. Christians, you must have a personal relationship to God. How many believe that? Amen. In order to be a son of God, you must become relation to God. He must be your father in order for you to be a son. And only his sons and daughters are saved. Not the members of a church, but sons and daughters. There's only one thing that will produce that. That's the new birth. Not shaking a preacher's hand, not being a son of a preacher, not growing up in a message church. I don't care what it is. There's only one thing that makes you a son of God. That's to be born again by the Spirit of God, which comes only through repentance of sins. And he says, there's only one thing that will produce that. That's the new birth. The new birth is the only thing that will produce relationship to God. Is that right? Yes. Sons and daughters, then when this takes place, then when men, here's the question I want to get to you. The man says, what do we do then after we've been born again? Huh. Good question. What do we do? I've got born again. Now what do we do, Brother Branham? So many asked me that question. What should I do then, Brother Branham? If you're born again, Notice, your entire nature is changed. He didn't leave off anything. Your entire nature is changed. Well, if I've got a personality, and I'm just an independent person, and that's just my personality, surely the Holy Ghost doesn't take that away. Oh, well, if you're coming back to the genuine atonement, it doesn't leave anything off. And there's no excuses for any part of our nature, our personality. Listen, what is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? That you can put an amen and punctuate every word with an amen. Brother Benham says your entire nature is changed. You are dead to the things you once thought. Notice the message, is your life worthy of the gospel? What a, what, a, what a sermon. Is your life, is my life worthy of the gospel? Why well, you say, Brother Branham, when I joined church, I got that. Well, then God said, Jesus Christ is him yesterday, today, and forever. He still heals the sick. He still shows visions. Well, Brother Branham, my church, now you're not born again. Right. Notice what he does. He points to. Right when he quotes the word and then they stumble and they, they, they can't accept that, Brother Branham says, that's proof you're not born again. Yeah. If you can accept the entirety, if you can't accept the word of God, it proves you're not born of the spirit of God. Because the, this is, listen, friends, Brother Branham would take this, he would take this, this uh, question, what is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And he would answer it over. I could feel, I could read before you tonight and be here till Sunday, reading quote after quote after quote, where the prophet of God clearly starts, always stands between two things. And he says, at first, I believe the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost was love. Sounded good. That's what he said. He said, sounded good. Truly, must be the fruits of the Spirit. If it's not love, Brother Branham said sounded good, but it wasn't love. And he said, because I've seen Christian science. And he said, I've seen men that could have love, more, more human love than any Christian could ever have. Brother Branham says, then what is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Well, it must be the fruits of the Spirit. Now, the fruits of the Spirit is important. Love is important. All of these things that Brother Branham says are not the evidence. Doesn't make them less than essential. Don't take something, Brother Brandon said, that's not the evidence. And go, well, it must mean we don't even need it. Shoo, get to the side. I don't even need you. No, he's only saying it's not the evidence. I don't, Brother Brandon even in one place says, I'm not saying it's not the evidence of the Holy Ghost. He says, I'm simply, he says, I'm not saying it's not the evidence of the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. I'm only saying it's not the evidence that the person has the Holy Ghost. This is important. I'm going to slow down here for a minute because I believe it's so essential that we get, that we get this clearly established in, in especially our young people's hearts. What does it mean? What is the evidence of the Holy Ghost? Brother Van Say he says it can't, be, it can't be the fruits of the Spirit because Christian science can produce that better than anybody. But does that mean we don't need the fruits of the Spirit? I'm telling you what I've watched a lot of people do they have emphasized on one thing only to de-emphasize another thing. Right. And anytime we're doing that, we're in danger of, not, of losing our full gospel title. Because when you are full gospel, you don't de-emphasize or overemphasize anything. It's all the word of God. Amen. Amen. Brother Adam says, it's not the fruits of the Spirit, but that doesn't mean we don't need the fruits of the Spirit. And he says, notice... If the very God, his life is in you, the life of your father did, the very life of God is in you, the very spirit that was in Christ is in you. How can the spirit live in Jesus Christ and write this and then come back down in you and deny this? So he would answer that question over and over and over and over again. The evidence of the Holy Ghost is being able to punctuate every word with an amen. And Brother Branham would say, because watch. Then is it, Brother Branham, do you believe that the evidence of the Holy Ghost is this, is, the, is the ability to speak in tongues? Brother Branham says, as he's argued with the Uh, the the Pentecostal church over now, Brother Branham stops and questions and answers in 1964, and he's asked that exact question. Brother Branham, do you believe that a person, and the way they ask this is, they ask it something to the effect of, Brother Branham, can a person have the Holy Ghost and not have an experience when it happens? Now, Brother Branham, before he starts to answer that question, he knows what the thought is, behind the motivation of that question is. Because in another place, he answers that question. He answers it very differently. And he says, know that you've got to have the experience when it happens. And he gives the experience of the candle. How can you have a candle? you got the wick. you got the tallow. you got everything. But until the fire lights it, the candle's not lit. And he says, you've got to have the Holy Ghost, you've got to have the experience when it happens. You know the quote, right? Amen. But this time, he, when, he's asked the, when he's asked the question, he knows the person and the way they're asking. So he starts off by saying, now, now, I love the Pentecostal people. And he says, "Now I was I'm ident and brother Brandon even says I'm identified with that group of holy rollers." And he says, "But watch the way he separates that that Pentecostal denomination and those people and that system with the Pentecostal experience. Don't ever throw out the Pentecostal experience with the Pentecostal denomination, because when you throw out the Pentecostal experience, you've thrown out the Bible." Remember, Brother Branham would say over and over again, Pentecost is not a denomination, it's an experience. Yeah. Amen. And so, so he, says, he says, now I love those Pentecostal people. And he says, you know, oftentimes he says, out of any denomination, and he says, I've harped against the Baptist and against the Methodist." he said, because, you know, it's really hard to those intellectual, dry-eyed intellectuals. He, and Brother Branham says, it's always, if, in other words, if you really read the quote, what he's really saying is, the, 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 if I had to choose one, it'd be a Pentecostal denomination. That's what he says. He says, if I had to choose one of them, I certainly wouldn't choose no Baptist. I wouldn't choose no Methodist. I wouldn't choose Catholicism. And he says, if I now they're all wrong. He didn't stand for any denomination, but he said, out of any of them that I would stand for, the least, how do you say that? The the least bad? The lesser of two evils? He says, is that Pentecostal denomination? And then he starts to answer the question. And he says, now in the evidence of the ba- of of the speaking in tongues, he says, I've differed with them because they've tried to put the initial evidence of the of, of the Holy Ghost in speaking in tongues. Now you say, Brother Branham. And Brother Branham says, now I've differed with him. That's not the evidence. That's not the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Well, Brother Branham, do you not believe that a believer should speak in in tongues? Prophet of God says this, 1964, he says, oh, no, no. I would, I wish every member of my church spoke in tongues. And I believe that if you would pray and ask God, you'd speak in tongues. Now, that's 1964. Don't look at me like a deer in the headlights. Uh, I'll get you the quote after the service if you want it. Brother Brandon begins to go a little bit further than that and you watch him the way he answers this question over and over and over and over again. Uh, he answers he answers it this way and he always goes back to how would, He points to to the book of John, chapter 14, and he shows how that when the spirit of truth comes, he'll lead and guide you into all truth. He'll show you things to come. Brother Brandon says, and he always points back and says, how could the word of God be dwelling in you, deny his own word? So then the evidence of the Holy Ghost would be able to punctuate every word. Every word. Every word. Every word. Do we realize what every word means? Well, then every word means, if they can punctuate every word, then, that, that just, that, then, then we've got to believe in healing, we've got to believe in shouting, we've got to believe in dancing, we've got to believe in speaking in tongues, and I'm believing all the word. I'm with you, but can, can you go a little bit further? Come on. Brother Branham says, I could ask a question to this audience tonight and say, how many of you here have the Holy Ghost? And he says, I guarantee you 90, I think he says 99% of everybody would raise a hand and say, well, I've got it, Brother Barnum. Yep. And he says, but I could quote you one scripture. If you say you believe every word, I could quote to you one scripture. And he says, I guarantee you not even three hands would go up in the building. You know what scripture he quotes? Blessed are they, He marks those who sigh and cry for the abominations done in their city. Brother Adam says, how many of you? Now, that's every word. That's the words of Jesus. Yes. Come on, I thought we believed every word. Oh, yes. He who has the Holy Ghost shouts. He, he might shout. Dance, he might dance. Speak in tongues, he might speak in tongues. Amen. But he might not. He might not. Right. But here's what Brother Adam said he will have. He will have the fruits of the Spirit in his life. Amen. Now, the fruits of the Spirit are not an evidence of the Holy Ghost, but you better have them. In fact, I'll say it this way. It's an evidence you don't have it. Brother Branham would even say that about accepting the word for your hour. And he says, "What, what does it prove? When you can't accept the word for your day and its message, it proves you don't have the Holy Ghost. Brother Branham quotes that scripture, blessed are they that sigh and cry. Brother Branham says, now what is that? That scripture, could you punctuate that scripture with an amen, Amen. where every night of your life you lay in your bed and you cry and can't sleep because you're crying, sighing and crying over the lost and the dying in the world. Now, if you got the Holy Ghost, Brother Branham says, that's an evidence when you sigh and cry over the abominations done, and he brings it further, and he brings it down to your life, and he says, when you mess up or misstep on the word of God, do you sigh and cry over the abominations done in your city? So he would answer this over and over and over. Brother Brandon, I've been baptized in Jesus' name. The word says you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Does this mean that Does this mean that baptism, the Holy Spirit, or does it mean that I receive the gift? I should receive a definite experience with baptism. I'm anxious to be filled with the Spirit. Now, there's a good question. Now, the baptism with the Holy Spirit is a definite experience that a person must receive. Now, When I speak of not believing the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues, I do not accept that. I believe with God's help I could prove it in the Bible if that's wrong because the speaking of in tongues is a gift of the Holy Ghost. First Corinthians 4, right? How many knows that? Divine healing is a gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, that's no evidence of the Holy Ghost. You can't rely upon that. You can't rely upon the fruit of the Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love. And the Christian science exercise more love than anybody I know of. And they deny Jesus Christ being divine. See, there's only one evidence of the Holy Spirit that I know of. And that is a genuine faith in the promised word of the hour. So see, those priests were gentle. They were meek, understanding men. When it come to the fruits of the spirit, they could show more fruit of the spirit than Jesus ever could. But they failed to see that he was the promised word of the hour. Amen. Amen. I, could, I could read you, my goodness, I could read you 40 of these. But let's, let's just read this last one and we'll close. And is your life worth it? Because people say, well, Brother Branham didn't really believe in the fruits of the spirit after the seals, uh, after 1963, Let's read, is your life worthy of the gospel? I guess this was, uh, uh, th- I guess this sermon doesn't mean anything. I had a brother tell me that. Let's listen to what Brother Branham says. Brother Branham, my church now, you're not born again. You can't be. We've already read this. Come back down and, de- and deny that. You can't do it. A punctuary, whatever. Then if you say, well, I'm a good member of the church, that don't have one thing to do with it. I know the heathen down in Africa amongst my dark brethren down there. I find the morals of them people higher than 90% of the American people. He goes on further. You can read that quote. But he says, when this takes place, the thing you'll do then, you'll find out that the spirit that comes in you from the new birth, you will believe and do everything God says in his word is for you to do. And everything that's in the Bible quotes for you to do, you'll punctuate it with an Amen. And you'll not stop day and night until you receive it. Hallelujah. That's right. And in all this time, you'll certainly above everything bear the fruit Amen. of the Spirit. Yes. Amen. You say, Brother Branham says, you say, will I speak with tongues? You might do that. And you might not. Amen. Will I shout? You might do that. You might not. Amen. But there's one thing sure you will do. You will bear the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. And the fruit of the Spirit, say them with me, is love, love, joy. Come on, say it together. Peace. Faith, long-suffering, meekness, gentleness, patience. Your temper will not be, ooh. Just remember, when you got that, that poisons the Holy Spirit away from you. Amen. Amen. Now, this is just what the Lord placed upon my heart. I'm not preaching at you now. I'm preaching at Brother Matt. Brother Branham says, when you get that spirit on you, that poisons the Holy, you mean I can poison the Holy Ghost out of my life? Ephesians 4, remember what we read? Grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you're sealed unto the day of your redemption, but you can grieve him out of your life. And he says, that poisons the Holy Spirit away from you. When you get to a place that you want to fuss with everybody, you come along. There's something wrong. Amen. But, 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 Brother Random, I, I, I spoke in tongues. I shouted, I, I danced. I felt the an unction of the Holy Ghost. I believe the message with all of my heart. Brother Random says, there's something wrong. Let it be a diagnosis to our heart. There's something wrong. When you get to a place where a minister will read from the Bible that it's wrong to do a certain thing, and you just remember, Brother Adam says, and he, and he says this, this and you'll, you'll, you know, sit there with your arms crossed. And he says, just remember, there's no Christianity there at all. By their fruits you shall know them. That's what Jesus said. And you find yourself, I skipped some of this just to save time, He's talking about the real evidence of the Holy Ghost. And you find yourself in love with your enemies. Somebody says, well, he's nothing but a holy roller. And you start to get, ah, be careful. Don't, don't, don't just look at holy roller. Look at anything anybody would say to you and call you on a phone, text you, send you a screenshot. And their purpose is to disparage another person. Now, if I've ever been guilty, and I have, I want to say here tonight before this church, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Amen. Amen. If I've ever been guilty of disparaging somebody or talking bad about somebody in a way, then God here tonight, forgive me, Lord. I don't want that in my life. Amen. Amen. Brother Branham says, and you start, uh, be careful, uh-huh. be careful, But when you really find yourself that you love Him, regardless of what they do, you still love them. Then you're beginning to find your patience just gets from about that long till it just don't have no end. (laughs) Did y'all read that? Did that just go over your head? When you can start loving... How many here wants more patience? How many here are impatient? Keep those hands up. Don't be dishonest now. There's not a one of us. All of us battle with this. But it's not in the, listen, if you believe in the genuine atonement. It's in your carnal nature to be impatient. It's in the fruit of the Spirit to have patience. Brother Branham says, when you get to loving your enemies, he says, you begin to find your patience gets from about, I'm just going to say that long. I don't know how long he holds up. Till it just don't have no end. Anybody just keeps saying things about you. Well, I don't care what you say. Don't get stirred up. If you get stirred up, you better go pray first before you talk to them again. Friends, I'm telling you, this works because this is in the atonement. I'm afraid what's happened is, is we've so emphasized the things with the atonement, the great deep ethereal things, the mysteries, and I'm all for them, all my, my, but you're you're talking to the wrong person if you think Brother Matt doesn't enjoy some of the greater, deeper things of God, some of the great teaching, some of the some of the manifestations of the Holy Ghost to speak in tongues. You've heard me testify to you multiple times of times I've spoken tongues, and I said to you after I've spoken tongues, I thought, how could anybody ever criticize it? I got only one conclusion They've never spoken tongues. Right. Amen. Amen. Yeah. But let me just say to you here tonight there's more to this atonement yeah. than just great doctrines or great revelations or great mysteries. There's a life that can be changed. There's a nature that can be changed. And I'm here tonight to say, God, let the atonement come on my life to change my temper, to change my attitude, to make me meek, to make me sweet, to make me holy, to make me kind and affectionate one to another. And when I find myself and that temper starts to flare up, Lord, stop me. You know, I've done that and I'm not here. I'm by no means... Saying, and I'm just testifying to you about a change God's brought in my heart, in my life. When I could stop and find myself and, and, and before I would, I'd fly off and my temper to get a hold of me. And then in my mind, even after that, I'd have a moment where I had to come down from that. Oh, come on, don't look at me with angel's wings. <laughs> Some of y'all came late for church because your temper was so flat up. You knew you couldn't come into church feeling that way. And you had to calm down from that and come off of that. Come on. We're only human, but I'm not making an excuse for it. Right. And I've watched something in my life when that happens and I, something in my temper and then God just convicts me yeah. because I've asked the Lord to do that. Yeah. And then suddenly I grab a hold of that and say, God, forgive me. I didn't mean to act that way. Because yeah. I say like Brother Branham, Lord, I don't want that in my life. Amen. If, I, if all my revelation of, of, of this, let me just say this to you tonight. If my revelation for this message, as much as I could say I'm praying for revelation, let me, go for, let me change my wording. If my understanding of this message and this Bible never grows another inch, never grows another centimeter, but it means that my character becomes more like the nature of Jesus Christ, then I'll stop with my knowledge and take his character in my life. Brother Branham says, he says, you find your patience. Anybody just keep saying these things. Well, I don't care. Don't get stirred up. If you get stirred up, you better go pray first for you talk to them again. Don't get in fusses. Don't like to get in fuss. If you like to see somebody raise up in church, say, you know what? I tell you, so-and-so did so-and-so. You say, no, brother, shame on you. Amen. If you say, oh, is that is that so? Listen to that scandal. Watch out. Watch, out. Watch out. If you say, oh, is that so? Listen to that scandal. Watch out. I love this. The Holy Spirit Amen. is not a cesspool. Amen. No, 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 no. The heart is occupied by the Holy Spirit is full of holiness and purity, thinketh no evil, doeth no evil, believe in all things, endureth long suffering. See, is your life worthy of this gospel? I say, God, give it to me, Lord. Give me patience where I don't have any, give me meekness where I don't have any. Give me brotherly love, oh God, how we need it more than ever before. Oh, could you stand to your feet? I'm out of time. I could keep going, but I'm just going to stop right there. Could you bow your head with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. I did a little better than last Wednesday. At least I think I did. Just bow your heads with me. Every head bowed every eye closed. Let's listen to the Holy Spirit just move just here for a moment right before we bring you up and we'll pray. What does it mean to have the genuine atonement? What does it mean to have the token on display? Listen, friends, it touches every part of your life. You know why God directs men? You know why God puts a burden like this on my heart? Brings me through something in my life? Because God is concerned about our lives and He won't let us get away with it. So the Holy Spirit begins to minister and begins to tell you, you got to do something about that temper. You got to do something about that malice that you got locked up inside your heart. You got to do something about that enemy that that, that, that you got to, Jesus said, you got to love. Listen, friends, these weren't suggestions. These weren't pre-seals. These weren't things that just don't matter and they're trivial. I would present to you today, they're just as important as anything you want to put behind them. They're just as vital as anything. Brother Adam says, don't fuss. When the family gets in a fuss, don't fuss with them. Don't fuss with them. Don't fuss. You see, friends, temper breeds temper. The first thing you know, you grieve the Holy Spirit away from you. And you'd be fussing back. Then the Holy Spirit takes its flight. Brother Brandon repeats it, temper breeds temper. And you know what that when you grieve the Holy Spirit away from your life prayers go unanswered listen let the Holy Spirit deal with you here deal as he dealt with me when the Holy Ghost takes his flight prayers go unanswered things that you're praying over and you desperately need God to move on your life of your children desperately need God to move in your body and your health when you grieve the Holy Spirit away because you haven't surrendered this part of your nature Prayers go unanswered. Needs go unmet. Because temper breeds temper. But oh, can I say to you tonight that if temper breeds temper, then love breeds love. And I want you to, if you could raise your hand with me to say, God, I want you to, I want you to give me love that'll breed more love. So full of love where Jesus said, this will all men know that you're my disciples when you have love one for another. I'm not saying you gotta agree with everybody. I'm not saying you gotta compromise for someone that may, maybe who's not in the Word. But I'm here. You gotta. I'm here to say you gotta love that brother. You still gotta love that sister. Did you know, brother and sister, you're a little creator, and you choose the atmosphere you create in your life. When brother Branham says, "I don't want that in my life," that's your choice, sister. That's your choice, brother. You're a little creator. You want to be a loving person? Then say, God, as David said, create in me a clean heart. i raise my hand tonight and say, as David said, Oh, God. Lord Jesus, I pray this prayer for myself. Have mercy on me. God, as I... Just stand here, Lord, under just total conviction of my own sermon tonight. I can only do one thing, Lord, and that's to just pray as David prayed in Psalms 51. And I raise my hand, and I say, just as David said, out of the sincerest part of my heart, have mercy on me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. You can do it, Lord Jesus. I believe that with all of my heart. You can take a person who's lived with a temper for 30 years, who've lived with bitterness for 30 years, who's lived with malice in their heart for years, and tonight, if they would surrender and repent of that thing, God, you could create a heart of love. You could remove a stony heart. You could create a heart of forgiveness. Will tell, you, but love that is patient that's kind that is long-suffering bring us back God to a genuine atonement that's my prayer Lord as I close this service here tonight I ask you Lord God bring us back to a full atonement that genuine atonement's a full atonement it doesn't just cover my soul it also covers my spirit It also covers my body. It includes my temper, my personality. It includes every part of me. It's a genuine atonement. And I ask God you'd bring us back to Gethsemane tonight. Bring us back to sacrifice. Bring us back to being identified with our atonement. Bring us back to a real love, a real token not anointed with the spirit that America's anointed with of hatred and hate speech and politics, politicizing camps and cults and cliques and groups. Oh God, free us of that. Free us, that's sulfuric acid in your church. I say, give us a love one for another. Give us a true brotherly love. Bring us back to a true atonement. Grant it, Lord Jesus. Grant it, Jesus. Oh, I wonder, friend, if we just bow our heads, you just raise a hand and say, remember me tonight, Lord Jesus. God bless those hands up everywhere. Mine up right now. I pray, God, you'd remember us tonight, Lord. Deal with our hearts continuing, Lord, throughout the day, throughout the evening, through tomorrow. I pray, God, that your word would accomplish that which it's been sent to do, Lord. Grant it, Jesus. Heart, oh God could you gather it and come singing make it ever true oh yes Lord Jesus change my heart oh God come on friends let's raise our hands like a prayer to the Lord may I be like you sing that again now like a prayer change my heart oh God
5: my heart oh
4: god oh may i be like oh let's sing it you are the potter i am the clay you are the potter for my friend Joanne's uh, filling caregiver Amy she mixed some strong cleaning chemicals and suffered severe throat burns and is being treated in the hospital Um, thank you you could just play something softly if you could for Brother Bruce prayer request for Sister Linda Uh, she had surgery she had that surgery and she's got a problem with her neck and they may have uh, hyperextended her neck oh my when they did the intubation it's really bothering her and I'd appreciate your prayers From Brother Brad Yance, please pray for my brother-in-law. He had a heart attack yesterday and they did a cath today. My, found five blockages. Now they are saying he will have open heart surgery. His name is Dan Robbins. My goodness. We're going to pray for these needs. Amen. You're going to believe for these different requests. Amen. We're going to take up these. And if you didn't get time to write it down, how many just have a need here? You just want to raise a hand. Why don't you keep that hand up just as we join together in prayer. Lord, God, serious needs, Father, that have been brought to your throne tonight. Now, Lord Jesus, we stand here unable in ourselves to do anything, Lord, other than just give hope, give kind words. Lord, if it is up to us, Lord Jesus, nothing can be helped. Lord, for there's nothing, nothing we could do. But, Lord, tonight we believe that you're the great physician. And our faith and our hope and our trust is solely upon you and your word we believe god you're the same yesterday today and forever we preached on a genuine atonement we believe in it tonight god lord and as we come repenting of our sins Now, God, we can have faith. For the Bible says, if our heart condemns us not, then we can have faith to ask for whatsoever we want. So, Lord Jesus, for Sister Hope Vassell, for this caregiver Joanne's filling caregiver, who's mixed these cleaning chemicals, suffered severe throat burns, treated in the hospital. God, she she found a good place, Lord, tonight. And that's in the throne of God with her name being mentioned. Jesus, I pray that you'd go to her right now. Do a miracle in her life. Sister Linda Paris, we call out her name before you, oh God. God, who is part of our body here, part of our our assembly, Lord. We join our faith together with our sister Linda. And brother Bruce, right now, God, may you move across the miles, Father, off the airwaves, Lord, and come into that room right now. God, whatever damage has been inflicted to her through the doctors, maybe by accident, God, may you come right now compassionate jesus and touch my sister linda healer god may it be a full healing for brother brad lord his brother-in-law dan robbins god i pray lord jesus for you to yes have mercy lord god on this situation lord god see his need you're still jehovah Rapha. you're still our healer lord god you haven't lost your power you haven't lost the ability to heal supernaturally god could even do heart surgery Lord God, I pray, God, you'd be with this family, Lord, at this time right now. Lord Jesus, I ask for all these needs, those that were not mentioned. I pray for every single one of them. Lord God, may you answer in a supernatural way, God. Move, Lord Jesus, upon the hearts of your children. Lord, be with us now, God, as we just prepare to dismiss from this building, but not from your presence. Cast me
3: not away. From thy presence
4: Nobody? No, no testimonies here tonight. Well, that's all right. Amen. You love the Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 We're going to let you go and be dismissed. Amen. We're going to sing it, Brother Matthew, again, just as we're dismissed. Go in the fear of God. Amen. 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 Amen.
3: Amen. Alright.